are watching Influence Media, PSI TV, the Netflix of Biz Brands. Fascination with trees and forest creatures be entertaining? Well, my guest has done exactly that. And if you're looking for your next adventure in frightful imagination via a book to curl up with or the foundations for a dark thriller imaginative movie script, the Sylvan Horn might just do the trick. Robert's fascination with mythology, trees, and the creatures of the woods became a page-turning novel that my guest got a first-place gold medal in the Reader's Favorite Book Contest, second-place runner-up award in the Los Angeles Book Festival, and a nomination for Montaigne Meadow for Most Thought-Provoking Book in the Eric Hoffer Book Contest. Robert Redinger is an immersive and captive storyteller. So step into the world where ancient realms clash, where mystical beings tread the path of destiny, and where pages pulse with the magic of an epic adventure. Immerse yourself in a captivating fantasy realm with enchanted blades and a battle between light and darkness. Robert, thank you for being my guest today. Oh, thanks for having me. So, Robert, you know, I, I read the book and oh. I did write you a, a comment on uh, Yeah, appreciate Twitter. that. So, so I read the book, Robert, and it was definitely a high-level writing style. So I had it assessed and academically it shows up as being, uh, I'll tell you exactly what the evaluation said. The writing sample appears to be at a relatively high academic grade level, suitable for high school or above. The use of complex sentence structures, descriptive language, and fantasy elements suggests a more advanced level of writing. So advanced level of writing. That's that's exactly what I saw. Um, yeah. Was that your intention? Does uh, that yes. match the book audience that you're trying to attract? Yes, it does. I wrote this book for a literate audience. My favorite writers, Michael Moorcock, Fritz Schleiber, they wrote great works of heroic literature. And I always say they combine the scholarship of literature with the excitement of comic books. And that's what I try to do. My book is an adventure story that has comic book excitement in the form of literature. It's kind of like King Arthur's Court meets the X-Men, you could say. Okay. Well, uh, all right. So the Sylvan Horn, that's the name of the book. The yeah. Sylvan Horn characters include characters like knights. Dragons, trolls, elves, druids, wraiths, troglodytes, hires, and sylphs. Now, Robert, without giving away the story, what is a druid and what is a dryad? And you okay. know, don't tell us all of them, but what would these characters look like if your book were to be made into a movie? Yeah. Oh, I wish. Yeah. Well, in mythology, the druids tend to be like wizards in the forest. And the dryads also dwell in the forest, but they're all female and they're like spirits who live in the forest. Their lives are connected with the trees. In my story, the druids and dryads are all spirits who dwell in the forest. They're all part of a hierarchy of angels, like sylvan beings who dwell in the forest. Um, and if they appeared in a film, I imagine the druid might look like a spirit with a glowing blue light and the dryads would have a white light. Ah, okay. Well, you have many characters and you're, many of them have been described in, in such a way that you can clearly figure which one's dark, which one's light, which one's good, which one's bad. 
So definitely that's there. Now, this book this is, is part one in what you call a series. So how many books do you think is going to come out uh, in, the, in the Sylvan Horn? Is it going to be like a continuous saga? Is it going to be, what, what do you anticipate? Yeah. Well, I've written four chapters of book two, Sword of the Sylph. And it's the best fiction writing I've ever accomplished. I have lots of ideas for the second book and some other possibilities for a third one. I'd be satisfied with three books. Um, you think three books will develop all your characters? And yeah, tell yeah. Okay. So um, I did look through, I re, you know, I researched you and I found some reviewers who had uh, left their comments about the book. And they said that the, they found the book similar to the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They anticipate that some of the characters that you've introduced quite a few characters in this book that the the anticipation because it's a series that more of these characters will be developed more fully in future books. Um, how accurate do you think this general yeah. assumption of reviews is? Is that yeah. more accurate? Well, anybody who writes about elves is going to be compared to Tolkien. He made the elves famous but he did not invent them. He borrowed them from Norse mythology. He borrowed a lot of things from Norse mythology. He borrowed the dwarves. His dragon has been compared to the dragon in Beowulf. He did a lot of borrowing and, you know, he's great though, you know, but uh, yeah. So I guess I'm used to the comparisons to Tolkien, but, and as far as my character development, uh, that could have been better in my first book. That was the first one's real heavy with the action adventure. That's why I probably won a gold medal in the action adventure category. But uh, yeah, I, I think the characters will be more developed in the second book. So I've seen that writing style before, Robert, where um, writers who anticipate a series they introduce characters so that the stories that come further have continuity, but those characters get more featured in the upcoming book, so they get more developed in the upcoming book. Yes. What I thought was going to be happening. So and I think I'm not alone. I think the other readers anticipated that as well. Yeah. So when I was researching, Robert, I came across a podcast called The Sylvan Horn. Yeah. And it's about du uh, du uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, yeah, which is how I started. I started uh, with Dungeons Dragons. You that did. got me into literature. Uh, were you? Are you in any way connected to that podcast? No, no. I did become aware of them a few months ago, and I, I wrote them. I said, "Hey, I got a book called The Sylvan Horn." They didn't write me back though, so I guess they're not interested. Well, I won't say they're necessarily not interested. If they're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, they maybe want to just stick with that. Yeah. That conversation, you know, because every yes. every show has its style. So I yeah. like to interview authors. So definitely. So all right, Robert. Well, that was very interesting. So listen. This is uh, an interesting book. It, it's a page turner. It's 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 it has that spiritual connotation, but it's action. It's it's all you know. It's it's something. I think it would make an interesting movie. So, oh, Robert, thank you, thank you. Else that you would like to share? Well, I you know I just like to encourage people to read books. You know, Americans are reading fewer books. There are so many people who graduate from college and never read another book. I have my own theory about why that happens. Uh, in school, they have to read all these very depressing stories, all these melancholy explorations of the human condition. The schools are teaching people that great literature must be very depressing and tragic. Of all the books I had to read in school, I can only think of one that had a happy ending, Oliver Twist. That's the only one. Everything else was depressing and tragic. Of Mice and Men, about a guy who shoots his best friend in the head. 
The Catcher in the Rye, about a guy who ends up in a mental institution because he has no friends. And The Metamorphosis, about a guy who wakes up one day and turns into a cockroach. Kids have to read this stuff, and then we wonder why they have such a bad attitude, why they're so depressed. It's because we've been feeding them a steady diet of depression and tragedy. Now, don't get me wrong. These books are classics and should be studied in school, but they should be part of a balanced diet that includes other books that are not depressing and tragic. And it's weird. Uh, we don't do this with music. We don't teach people only sad songs are good. We know there are many happy songs. We don't do it with art. We know there are many happy paintings. But with literature, we are taught that if it's going to be serious, it has to be sad and tragic. So I would just like to encourage people to read books, all kinds of books, fiction, nonfiction, just read some books. I agree, but you know, there, there, those of us who do read, it also tends to put us in a, a, in a new income bracket as well. So readers tend to, you know, yeah, we were, yeah. We're not satisfied with just the basic life. We, we're we looking for a, uh, excitement. We're looking to travel yeah. toward vi the world vicariously through others. We're looking, you know, we expand our horizon even if we never leave our couch. It's great because so, you don't have to hire a film crew if you want to write, let's say. If you want to write, that's one of the things that attracted me to write it. You don't have to hire a director and actors. And it's, you know, you have to, it, it's all got to get on the page somehow, you know, but but you don't have to rely on all the other factors. And on that note, you know, Robert, you know, there are lots of people who, when books have been turned into movies, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but I have books that I've, I've read and then I go watch a movie, the book's better. Have you ever noticed that the book is better? Why do yeah, you think different. I often find, yeah, different. I've heard, yeah, like, uh, mm, I, I guess that there's stuff in the book The maybe I would guess, my guess would be there's stuff you can do explaining the characters and what's going on in their heads with a book i think you can do that better than a film unless you have a voiceover which is very popular but without a voiceover you can't really get inside their head like a book can i my theory on that is when you read the book your brain creates the pictures when you watch yes. a movie, they've given you the pictures. So they've taken away the imaginative component yeah. and it feels, you know, it's sometimes it, the, the picture they deliver is not as yeah. good as the one you put in your head. That's yeah. my, that's my. And, you know, that reminds me of what turned me on to heroic literature. I read Fritz Leiber, but then I read Michael Moorcock's Elric of Melnebone, which is kind of a groundbreaking. That reading that book was almost like when I saw Star Wars the first time. Star Wars showed me what a filmmaker could do. Elric of Melnebone showed me what a writer could do with words. I didn't know until I read that book what you could do with words. Just with words, creating a world with words. It's really impressive. Hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, escape into a world of magic. Don't just read the book. Live an adventure. Order your copy of The Silver Horn and let the magic unfold. Because sometimes... The journeys are the ones, the best journeys are the ones that happen between the pages. So yep. and magic is just a click away. We will be sharing the website in the credits at the end. Robert Redinger, thank you for being my guest. Okay. Today. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. <laughs>